All right, welcome back to the American Soccer Crash Course, episode 12. We are here. We have made it. I have managed to go 12 episodes without making any of this about myself, but Lodge, Michael, we're in for one real quick. Um, some of you may know, had it really tough last year with back problems and whatnot, um, was able to move in with Michael recently, uh, and we kind of, Lodge and I got this idea going, got started on the podcast um, and it has been an absolute blast. I know we're going to continue into the World Cup, but I mm-hmm. uh, want to say thank you to both of you. Thank you to Max for, for jumping in as a, as a co-host, too. It's been an absolute blast to work on. Um, so excited to deliver this 12th episode, get things rolling in the World Cup. And, oh, yeah. Uh, hopefully eat my words on the, the last episode's prediction. So <laughs> bring it here to my heart. Lodge, you want to hit us with a few reminders? Yeah. Uh, first reminder, um, as you can see, we are the – uh, our official steam witch is uh, Chicago Bagel Authority. If you're in Chicago, namely Lakeview, check them out. Um, we will be doing a giveaway with them soon, so be on the lookout for that, I think, on Instagram, if I remember correctly. Um, additionally, so the producer, um, now after you watched the last episode, you found out the mystery man is Christian. Um, in order for Christian to feed his family of uh, four, um, please like and subscribe on YouTube. Give us a rating on Apple or Spotify podcasts and um, really just appreciate the support that you guys have been putting in. Um, yeah. Additionally, uh, come back during the World Cup. We'll be doing recaps, not only for the U.S. games, but probably I would say around weekly. Um, just talking about what's going on, how the World Cup is going, how the teams are doing and just kind of our progression. If we think if we see any trends or changes or during that time. Yeah, cool. So, um, oh, Michael, I apologize. We uh, you gave your soccer resume. Yeah, last, last time. episode. Okay, yeah. so ch- check recurring that out. Guest. Yeah, recurring guest. Yeah, recurring guest. Recurring guest, Michael. <laughs> it happened so fast. Um, yeah, so just to give our quick agenda, uh, today we're going to be talking about Yunus Musa, um, one of the players we regarded as the highest ceiling in the U.S. men's national team talent mm-hmm. pool. Uh, we're going to tell you about his very unique background, and then we're going to get to the fun stuff. You know, Lodge, I'm a U.S. men's national team junkie dating back probably a year and a half, but you really eat, sleep, and breathe the world of soccer. Uh, so I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing your World Cup preview, and we're all going to break it down. Uh, Michael, we're even going to get to your your uh, your predictions, which could be based on flags, jerseys, who <laughs> it's knows? All the above. <laughs> general vibes. General vibes. Okay, good stuff. Uh, yeah, so we're going to be breaking down all eight groups of the World Cup. Um, and potentially just going over some hypothetical brackets. Obviously, soccer's funny where the brackets can be different matchups, but we're going to get into it. Um, so starting with our main man, Lodge, you want to you tell us the bio of our main man, Yunus Musa. I'm Yunus Musa, and I'm a midfielder for the U.S. men's national team. Picking up the phone and just hearing Greg and Nico speak to me, uh, like it shocked me and... I got goosebumps, you know, I had a great feeling um, just talking to them. That started uh, giving me a lot of belief. I haven't um, looked back on my decision since I made it. Just being able to come in every camp um, with this group, like, is the thing that I look forward to the most. Being from, you know, similar generations, it helps that, to, like, we're into the same kind of things, so we talk about the same things and we have the same kind of interests. We also have, like, similar personalities, I think. And I think the coach tries to implement that in us and tries to maintain that in the group as well. I feel like our diversity and um, our different cultures, um, you know, they unite us and make us bond even better. Um, that's definitely something very strong in our group. Sure. Yeah, Eunice was 
a, is a 19-year-old born in New York City. When I say born, not raised in New York City because his mom was actually just in the United States at the time that he was born. Uh, plays for Valencia uh, Club de Football in Spain. Um, plays as a center mid. Um, really is known as box-to-box midfielder, meaning that he can go from uh, really the opposing team's box back to his box. He's just kind of a workhorse. All-around player. Yeah, all-around player. Good way. Um, and continuing on, he was eligible for four different countries. Uh, first off, Ghana. Both. Uh, his- sorry, real quick. Eligible to like represent them. Good point, yeah. Yeah. Meaning not that he's a dual national citizen mm-hmm. in any of them, meaning – Based on his parents' heritage, his heritage, where he was born, all of the above, um, he could have played for any of these different countries. Okay. First off, Ghana. Uh, both of his parents emigrated to Europe from there originally. Second off, USA, as I mentioned. His mom was visiting the United States when he was born, meaning we got really, really, really fucking lucky. <laughs> Love that. <laughs> Love that. Love that. Uh, we, we were mentioning off air, but there's a really good Canadian player. who's All these dudes are New York or Jersey or wherever it is, but there's a really good Canadian player who is who we lost, who was born in Brooklyn. So I would say the universe, the soccer universe, really even this one for out. Canada? Yeah, what the hell is up with that? I don't know. That seems well, crazy. Like, why? I don't understand why. They've, did no. they make the World Cup? They, they did. did. They're, oh, okay. They're, they're, well, they're frisky. Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. They're um, scrappy. Okay. And, Michael, the worst part about it, he plays striker, our position of most need. That's yeah. why we need him? Yeah. Damn, that's kind of that's kind of like disappointing. Yeah, to losing to Canada, but oh, well. It is. All right, yeah. what do you do? Yeah. Um, but continuing on, uh, the third country that he could have played for is Italy. He lived there for nine years of his life. Um, and then lastly, England. Uh, he moved there when he was nine, and that's actually where he kind of started his soccer career, I would say, um, playing in the Arsenal Academy. He's a gunner. Represent. Yeah. yeah. Let's go. Gunner. How about it? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so, you know, we've talked about so many dual nationals. It's kind of been a subject that we've been putting off time after time. Uh, we started with... Jedi Robinson, who mm-hmm. had some English roots. Serginio Dest, who was born in the Netherlands. Anyways, I don't know if I'm missing anyone in there, but Yunus Musa uh, obviously has the kind of the funniest, most unique one in that he could play for four different teams. Yeah. Um, but Greg Berhalter, our coach, even if I said I don't necessarily have all the faith in the world in the guy, he's a great recruiter, as we've said, and he was great at getting Yunus Musa. Um, and from the time U.S. Musa stepped foot on the U.S. team, he was a, basically a lock to start. Our coaches just loved them, loved the talent he's seen. Um, and that's been apparent for every, everyone watching the games, uh, that Eunice that is supremely talented. As you mentioned, Lodge, he's a box-box midfielder. But what really makes him so good is he's just incredibly silky. Like, he has total composure when the ball's at his feet. He, he has great, like, weight on the passes. It almost looks like he's literally floating through the game yeah. um, <laughs> to romanticize it. Yeah. Uh, and one thing that – one key attribute he has for the USA that it doesn't seem like any of our other players have is just his ability to drive the ball, almost like a running back, like just getting getting yards, so to speak. Run the he, damn ball. Yeah, exactly. He, he gets it. And um, Quit with the trick plays, Bert. Run the dang ball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Eunice uh, – when he gets it at his feet, you know, passing is a great way to get the ball on the field, but he has the attribute of being able to just drive it by himself with, with, with the ball at his feet, beat players, show off some uh, tricks and flicks. Um, and that is something that during our international windows, Musa was hurt, and it was apparent on the field that we missed that ability to just unlock the game, uh, really relax everyone and be able to push the ball forward. So yeah. um, that's something that, that should definitely be on the lookout. Um, 
So going back to Musa's dual nationality, back in like 2014, I want to say, when Jurgen Klinsmann was coached, we had a lot of a lot of like German American internationals on the team. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michael, I know you mentioned being kind of yeah. surprised by that. Yeah, I, I remember just being back in 2014, and this is when I. If I was a casual until now, I was a super casual. But the international uh-huh. game always interests me just because, you know, you're rooting for the USA. Yeah. And I just remember all these guys that going through that dual nationality process where, correct me if I'm wrong, they, if they pick the U.S., they, they're stuck with it. They yep. can't change back exactly. to Germany right. now. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that just kind of blew my mind. As it was, one, kind of cool that all these guys came over to play. But then, two, now that I'm thinking about it, would those guys have ever had any chance to play for the German national team? So – I just did a I just did a quick check to make sure that the person that I'm thinking of was a German national and he was Jermaine Jones, the guy that had kind of the dreadlocks going on. He was one of the main starters in that team for did, us. He would not have played in Germany. Okay. A lot of those guys really what we're starting to see now is a lot of younger guys. Those guys were usually twenty five to twenty six, so they had had an opportunity to get into the German national team. Okay. They just weren't seeing the minutes, they weren't seeing the time and they figured, you know, make the switch so I can play in the World Cup. It's the world's greatest experience. Okay. Now we're starting to see it. Eunice Musa is a great example where Eunice probably has the ability to go into an England national team, which is incredible. However, it's going to be at least four years down the road. So he's not making this team. He would not be making this England national team. So he can switch. He cannot. He cannot. But Lodge is just saying, like, he hypothetically, if he chose England, he's not – he wouldn't have made it for this career gotcha. where he's so, make it. Okay, so like those guys who came over from like had the German national, they had never played for the German national team. You, when you said Correct. they missed their window, they just or never got the minutes. They were never chosen. They were never chosen. Got yeah. it. Okay. So there's he, this concept of being cap tied. Yeah. You know, I think you asked me what caps were, which just means appearances. Mm-hmm. And basically, like once you step foot in a, I don't know if I there's different parameters for it, but I believe if in a game that isn't a friendly, it's yeah, it's any kind of qualifier. Um, World Cup game, obviously. Nations League, which yeah. is kind of a, like glorified friendly. Um, or I think you reach a certain cap limit or age. I want to say age is a factor in there. Or okay. a certain number of caps after an age. Because somebody got cap tied, meaning they brought him in for a specific window so that he would play in a certain amount of games or whatever. And then they didn't pick him for the World Cup. The person is... Tamari, maybe? Fiaco Tamari? Yes. Yeah. yes. Yeah. And so that's another like kind of ethical thing right it's like yeah the coaches are recruiting players uh and from the coach's perspective obviously it would be nice to just have as many good players available as possible um and so how do you balance that between that that objective and like your kind of ethical responsibilities to a kid Uh, Mm. and so one, one thing that our coach has done a good job of he's he's always been straightforward um, and he's, he never promises spots away. That's kind okay. of his policies. I'm not going to promise World Cup spots to anybody. Um, yeah. And so, and he, he doesn't, he brings people in, is pretty honest about the plans he has for them. And that's been apparent with guys like Musa, uh, Dest. Uh, they, they've really gotten a fair handshake, I would say. And um, our coach has given them every opportunity. And for the most part, they've taken it. So yeah. don't let them into the, the, like the living room because he'll take them from England, right? Like recruiting. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> okay, sorry, yeah, yeah. He's gonna he's gonna be pulling out all those, uh, you know, your classic. Uh, Nick Saban, once he's in the living room, like he he's getting that player. Yeah, yeah. Okay. He's but not taking no, not taking no for an answer. Crazy enough, that's that's been that's been Berhalter. Gotta hand it to the guy. 
I'm not going to sit here and be a hater. Um, so, Lodge, you're a connoisseur of, of the game. What does the World Cup mean for for players, like young players who have a lot of talent? The World Cup for young players is an opportunity for them to get big money moves or get world-renowned recognition. Guys that come to mind, number one, Chucky Lozano from the last World Cup. Okay. He scored on Germany, or he scored against Germany and immediately got – I think looks he eventually made the move to Napoli. I want to say um, wasn't getting wasn't necessarily like bad, but it was only he was known within Mexico and within the United States because we played against each other so frequently. He wasn't known on the international stage. Another big one, James Rodriguez. That's the one that always That's the comes one to I'm mind. Of, yeah. do, you, do you know James? But he's the, so he's the Colombian guy. Mm-hmm. He had the he had a good World Cup, but he also had just an insane goal in 2014. Yeah, okay. he was the Golden Boot winner, so most goals scored. Um, he won the. I think what was it? He won the goal of the year with that goal. I'm pretty yeah, sure uh, it, it was, was ridiculous. Goal. Um, but he got the big money move to Real Madrid from within Europe. Still, he was known as like an up and coming rising player. But he got the big money move to Real Madrid. Definitely got some minutes out of that. And really, it's just an opportunity for these young people to show that they're ready for the big next step. But also kind of show their experience. And so a lot of them can be known to lose their heads pretty frequently. Or they can be known to crash and burn. Some players have definitely crashed and burned over the years. Um, it's it's really an opportunity for them to show the best of themselves and show the best of their country, representing their country. Similar to how you know, I don't know if you saw the Redeem Team documentary where we're talking about you know Coach K saying what it means to be on that U.S. men's team and represent them. A lot of these countries and a lot of these players definitely feel the same. Okay. So teams like. I would say Germany, teams like Brazil, not necessarily as much Argentina, but still Argentina, um, ones that have a lot of rich history. Um, definitely, there's a lot of pressure on these guys to perform. And if not, um, it, they can go back and they can be kind of scrutinized by their countries. So it's a kind of best of both worlds, a little scary for yeah. the younger yeah. players, definitely. High levered. It's, a, it's the big dance. So I would say Yunus Musa is somebody where – you know, maybe he's not going to get slandered on his way home. That's not really the culture of U.S. <laughs> soccer at this point. But right. a lot of people are pointing to him as the potential, like, a breakout star for the U.S., um, particularly the great dynamic of him playing England. Um, lots of English people don't know who this guy is. So if oh, he, really? If he they showed, don't even know. No, they probably don't. I mean, he plays in wow. Spain. Uh, you know, obviously, they don't speak the same language. It's the Lots of people watch the Premier League, despite the fact that Spain is the, uh, probably the second-best league in the world. But um, – yeah, so Eunice will be a lot of time for a lot of people. It'll probably be the first time they see Eunice Moose on the field, um, and there's a lot of hope within the U.S. camp that with a lot of these attributes we've described, he could he could really show out and uh, put his old country on watch, which would be which so. We would didn't be really cool. get one over on him like I thought they did, like we did. No, I mean, like, I, potentially I think in the future, but like right the, now, it, they did, they have no. In idea. the future, well, they could come to they could come to real it. It's kind of like it's kind of like when you have that guy that goes in the NFL and he's like a no star player and they're like oh you know we totally missed out on getting this guy but it's like was he that great at that time he was coming up through the national team so in England he definitely made I think a U19 national team or something like that he just wasn't at that point in that England team to be able to make the roster he made the switch and now he wants to make them regret it which is great firepower for us yeah love a revenge game yeah love a revenge game my my personal take on it too would be you know this guy has he he spent age nine to I guess 18, 19 in England. Um, but 
English people are just going to be watching the Premier League. So I don't even think it's as much to do with like they don't know him because he's not that good. It's more like they don't know him because he's playing in Spain, which is not something that English players do very frequently. Yeah. So it's it's setting up setting itself up for a coming out party and for the English people to look at each other and go like, oh shit, he's he's one of us or whatever. So, so has he like publicly talked about his, this decision? Like, was there any like bad blood? Like, did he? Like when he chose the U.S. over England, or is he really like talks about that much? Or? I wouldn't say there's any bad blood. It was just kind of like, look, they are giving me an opportunity. I think it was the best move for my career, and I'm gonna go do it. I think British people, as Christian mentioned, definitely stay within the Premier League. They, mm. That's why it's called the yeah. Premier League. They will live and die by it being the best league in the world, and they refuse to think about any superiority <laughs> of any other league. And it's just an opportunity for him to show not only on the national stage, or not only on the club stage, but on the international stage. Hey, you guys missed out on a good one. I love that. Yeah, for sure. It's gonna be. It'll be fun to watch him. Um, hopefully, he really unlocks unlocks success for the USA. I, uh, there's there's high hopes and lots riding on the performance of Musa for the for yeah. the Americans. So, um, so yeah, we're gonna tap in uh, our other host Max Heath here and get right down to our World Cup predictions. Going through the eight other or the eight total groups, picking out the favorites. This should be a fun one. So, all right, and we are back for our World Cup predictions. We're going to be just going through specifically the top two of each group and then from the round of 16 on all the way to predicting our winners. Um, I think we've got some hot takes here, so let's get right into it. Group A, which consists of Qatar, Senegal, Ecuador, and Netherlands. Max, you want to start us off? Yeah, um, I got Netherlands winning the group, and then I got Senegal coming in second. Uh, I feel like it's a pretty easy one for me. I think Netherlands has got the best players. I mean, they got a lot of studs that are in top leagues. Senegal's probably got the next best players, so... I think this one will go pretty chalk. That's what I'm going to take. Throw out some names here from Netherlands. Uh, Robin Van Persie, is he still in the squad? Not no. There. No. Iron Robin, I probably butchered his first name. Aryan. Aryan. Yeah. yeah. Uh, is not in the team. I didn't think. I figured they were pretty old the last yeah. time the yeah. World Cup was on. But I just remember, I think Van Persie had a really cool goal. Yeah, he had yeah. a sick like goal. There's like a yeah. the header, yep. you know what I'm talking about? Yep. Yeah, that was sick. There's that. actually there's actually like a tweet going around that the um, the game is gone because there's only one Van on the Dutch oh, national damn, team really? now. Yeah. Who do you have? So yeah, I'd say Netherlands probably wins, and um, I'm gonna say the running theme of FIFA. I think Qatar makes it through. On they're just gonna be rigged. So that's, that's fair. That's good. <laughs> that's what I'm just gonna I don't say. Hate why, that. I don't I'm hate say that. why not? Somehow they're gonna find their way through. All right. They spend so much money and lives on this. You, you never knew they're, they're probably yeah. willing to risk a lot. And what do you think they care more about? The money definitely, they spend? definitely getting second <laughs> in Group A. All right. I'm gonna go Netherlands and Senegal just to keep it straight here. Hoping no collusion, but only time will tell. All right, uh, Group B, we already talked about at length, so I'm going to go ahead and skip that. If you didn't see that, uh, go to the end of Episode 11. Uh, group C consists of Saudi Arabia, Mexico, Poland, and Argentina. Yeah, uh, for this one, I mean, Argentina is really the, the runaway favorite to win this group. I think they'll win it. Second, I think Poland um, will probably come in second. They got a lot of good, again, European players. Robert Lewandowski, one of the best strikers in the world. Um, I think they'll beat out Mexico and come in second. Yeah, I, I think that's pretty similar what I've got going on. I got another name to throw out you, but I can't think of his name off the top of my head now. The guy on Argentina, I think, who used to bite people. Was it Suarez? That is, he's on Uruguay? Uruguay. Yeah. 
similar colors, similar flags, right? yeah. similar yeah. flags. Yeah. Easy yeah. to okay. confuse there, yeah. Okay, but he's this is his last World Cup too, and we'll get. But to he is him. playing. He is. All right. Well, yeah. Another little tease for you, but yeah, I, I think Argent. I mean, I again don't know much, but I think Argentina. They're one of the clear like favorites for the whole thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, they. They. Yeah. They're probably besides Brazil. I think they're probably the the second. Yeah. Second most likely. Yep. The, this will probably also be Messi's last go around. Right. Yep. Yeah. I think he's already said so. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. No surprises for me. I'm the exact same as Max. I got Argentina and then uh, Poland. Next up, Group D, uh, we have France, Denmark, Tunisia, and Australia. Yeah, I mean, we talked a little bit about this one, um, you know, off camera, but I, I like Denmark to win this group. And we talked about how hot take number one. They, you know, they have a lot of good players, right? They have Christian Eriksen. They have, you know. Others as others, well. Others as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, the, they had a good showing at Euros. They, they have a strong team. They, they play well together. Um, and, I, and I think, you know, when Christian Eriksen died, you know, they really rallied together as a team. Yeah. They're going to be even better with Christian Eriksen in there. I mean, I think they'll win the group. Uh, and I think France will come in second. But I think Denmark, will, we'll talk more later. I might have them going pretty far. So I, I think Denmark will win the group and France in second. That is something I completely forgot about until this moment about how, <laughs> how that all happened. That was a really cool moment when they came together around him. So that is, yeah, yeah. yeah. But that was one of the crazier moments, like live moments I remember happening in sports. You were watching so, it live. Yeah, that was, was a no shit moment for sure. Yeah, I was yeah. Like, what? Yeah, yeah. Um, probably because he got vaccinated. <laughs> 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 Just kidding. Oh my god. All right, let's get. Oh, on. we're not gonna put that on TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> cut, no, cut, that, cut that. Cut that. Cut um, that. CDC. Don't, we'll cut that. Yeah. All right, I'm gonna get flagged for misinformation. <laughs> uh, Let the record show that we are not an anti-vax podcast. Yes, we are pro-vax. <laughs> but as, as a reminder, we still are anti-Kanye. Yes, anti-Kanye, yes. anti-Kanye but pro-vax. Kanye, pro-vax. Yep. All right, go ahead, Michael. Uh, I think I'm about France winning this this group. Yep. Don't know why, other than I know Mbappe and I know he's really good. Yep. Yeah. And he's still playing, right? Yes. He's pretty young. Um, and my friend Riley, shout out Riley. He can speak French, so that's enough. That's, I mean, that's all, really yeah. all I got to go for. And then they're loaded. Um, I, you know, I guess got to ride with Denmark. They guys for for twos. So yeah, about that. All right, I'm with you. I got France first, and then Denmark second. Nothing against Denmark. Think they're gonna be a strong team. Definitely think they can make a run. Just this French squad's pretty scary. Next up, some may call this the group of death. Some may not. I'm not gonna name names. Uh, but Japan, Spain, Costa Rica, and Germany. Yeah, um, I mean, there's really two clear favorites here, um, Germany and Spain. I think I'm going to take Spain uh, as the first-place team, and I think Germany will be second. I think Spain is just – I think they're a little bit better. Um, I think Germany, a lot of those players are getting older now. I mean, Muller, you know, they definitely are aging from from some of their peak success. I think Spain will win. But Germany in second, pretty clear-cut. I think this will be an easy one. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Quick chime, quick chime in from the producer over there. Don't know if that got caught on the mic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna go with Germany to win this, um, and that's just because I'm. I think mostly German. That's most of my blood comes from Germany, and I'm gonna ride with Germany. And I was just there a couple weeks ago oh, for nice. Oktoberfest, and that was really fun. Were you and in so Munich? I was in Munich. Wow. Yeah, the vibes awesome. were high there, and so I gotta imagine the vibes are gonna be high mm-hmm. going through this World Cup. Um, and then I feel like Spain is one of the, like as a very casual fan. Spain is one of the historically like just I I just know that they're good at soccer so yeah call it that or do, do we say football on this podcast you can say soccer this is an American okay. soccer podcast. yeah okay all right so mine I'm gonna have Germany as first I like Musiala I like Neuer 
I like all of the Bayern players. So I just want to throw a couple of the names out there. Um, but this Spanish team, I think that they could go far, but they're also very young and untested in the midfield. Um, with no clear striker, Alvaro, Mato, Alvaro Morata as still the number nine, not going to be looking good. I think Germany has a, not necessarily a clear cut, clear cut striker out and out with Müller, but still somebody that can get the job done. I still have them going through. I'm second guess myself. I do love Germany. I love their team. Yeah, I forget. Really? I forget all the players. I love. Pretty Neuer. Good. Okay. Um, next up, we have Morocco, Belgium, Canada, and Croatia. Another possible group of death. Tough group. Um, I think I'm going to go with a little surprising one here. I think Belgium's going to finish first, but I'm going to take Canada in second place. I think Canada right. might surprise some people. Um, I think Croatia. Listen, they've had a lot of success recently. They still have a lot of good players, but I, I think. You know, I think they're going to have a little bit of a hangover. I think I think they're going to have a little bit of a letdown this World Cup after all the success they've had. I'm going to take Canada going second. They got Alfonso Davies. They got um, you know a lot of good players. Um, I think Canada is going to finish second. Okay, I don't agree with you. But Canada, <laughs> I don't think Canada is going to make it through. I think Croatia will make it through the second, but I okay. think Belgium is going to win the group. Um, not really much going on that, but. I, th- I think I've heard Belgium's name being tossed around as a good team coming into this World Cup. So nice. yep. I'm going to have them winning this yep. winning this group. Right. Thibaut Courtois, best goal in the world probably right now. Pro- probably. Yeah. Arguably I, I right mean, now. I, people, are, people are saying. People are, people are talking <laughs> about it. I also have Canada at two and Belgium at one. Belgium's. Yes, that um, validates my You're going to see them pretty far. I am a Belgium truther. I have been since 2010. When the U.S. wasn't very good, they were my team that I chose. All right, so the last two groups we have are Group G and Group H. You can rapid fire through these. Uh, Brazil, Cameroon, Switzerland, and Serbia for Group G. Yeah, uh, I mean, no surprise here. I think Brazil is going to finish first, Switzerland second. Um, Brazil, arguably the favorite of this World Cup. They are the favorite. Um, and then Switzerland, I think, is a really good team. Definitely clear-cut second, so those two. Yep. Yeah, uh, same for me. Cool, same for me. I think this is one of the first ones we yeah, fully wow. agree on. Yeah, agreement here, guys. Last up, Group H, Uruguay, Ghana, Korea, Pub- Korea Republic, and Portugal. Yeah, I mean, no surprise uh, here in terms of the teams I'm picking. Maybe a little bit of surprise in terms of the order. Uh, I think Uruguay is going to finish first, Portugal second. Um, I think Portugal's getting older. You know, a little bit of unrest in the in the, in the team maybe. Certainly, Ronaldo. Certainly some unrest. For Ronaldo. Yeah, Ronaldo is, uh, you know, going on fucking Piers Morgan, you know, basically talking bad about some of his fellow teammates, including Bruno. So I think Portugal, trouble in paradise. I think Uruguay <laughs> comes in first, uh, Portugal in second. Yeah. Man United is a bunch of scumbags anyways. <laughs> no. yeah. I don't really know what's going on with them, but I, I did see the little clips about that. Yeah. I don't know. Which is hilarious. Team Ronaldo. Yeah. I've always, always has been. Yeah. Even though people – is his nickname Pinaldo or is that – Pinaldo, yeah. No, that that's is, right. That is kind of funny. Yeah. But – I'm gonna so I'm gonna just ride with Ronaldo one last okay. time. I'm gonna say they're gonna win the group. Okay. And then um, back to Luis Suarez. Does he so does he play a lot? I mean, on this team, this oh, is his yeah. last ride. He'll be playing. He's got to be playing. Yeah. 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 It's him, Cavani, and Darwin Nunez. So there's three strikers there that are pretty good. Two of them older, more tested. But it'll be interesting to see how they rotate him in. Okay. Probably Cavani will not be playing. I'll, I'll take them as uh, the, the second in that group. All right. I have it the same way as Max, Uruguay, and then Portugal. Korea Republic, I think they're going to give them a scary game to Portugal, and I think they probably could scare them. I don't think that they're going to end up pulling through, but it's one to watch out for. All right, so we are into the knockouts. Yeah. All right. So I was going to go into the knockouts, but the producer cut me off. God damn him. 
We have the group of death and the weakest group still to cover here. Michael, I want you to start. Okay. Uh, group of death, I think, is group B. And that, that's just a, I think that's just a spin zone. <laughs> Getting ahead of a spin zone in case the U.S. doesn't make it through. But... I mean, it was the group of death. What do you want us to do? So I love um, it. I'm going to say group of death, is, even though I, I, the U.S. are going to make it through. But yeah. if not, it's because they got screwed and they're in the group of death. Yeah. Um, and then I'm going to go ahead and say the weakest group. I'm just going to say group G, just because I think Brazil is so much better than all of the other teams. Fair enough. That's why. I like it. I'm going to go next. I'm going to go group of death, group F for fuck me. We have Belgium, Canada, Croatia, Morocco. Morocco's probably not going to make it, but Canada, Croatia, and Belgium, it's, it could be any of them in any of that order. It wouldn't shock me anyway. I think that it's going to be Belgium, Canada, but I don't know. Um, probably the worst group. Um, a, I'm going to go A, Netherlands, Senegal, Qatar, and Ecuador. I think there are going to be some really terrible games in that. I think there's probably going to be a little bit of match fixing or rigging. There could be some questionable stuff going on in one of the Qatar games, namely the first where they play Ecuador. I could see something a little shifty going on in that first game, but I think probably they won't end up going through. Max, what are your takes? Yeah, I mean, group of death's a tough one. I mean, there's really there's not like one group where there's like three clear teams that are like, all right, all three of those are, are, are great. I mean – the weakest group is A. I mean, it's really the group of potential kickbacks. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's going to be a lot of corruption <laughs> going on there. I, I keep your eyes pe- keep your eyes peeled on the Ecuador president and the Senegal president because there's probably going to be bags of cash going into their apartment buildings. Okay. Um, but apart from that, a group of death. You know, it was Michael's easiest group, but I actually think Brazil, Switzerland, Serbia. I think that group's pretty tough. I mean, Brazil sure. and Switzerland. Brazil's the best team. Switzerland's a hell of a team. They could go far in the knockout rounds. Serbia is also, you know, capable of beating Switzerland. Sure. Um, Cameroon's not terrible. I mean, for they have some good players on, on, on the African side. So I think yeah, this is actually name this one. Be a tough group. Uh, Eto. <laughs> <laughs> I guess he's for not. For those of you retired. who don't know Samuel Eto, he retired about 10 years ago. <laughs> uh, can you can you name me a few? I know there's a, oh, there's a few Cameroon um, guys. Off the top of my around. head, I want to say Bertrand Traore. Traore? Oh, uh, yep. Koulibaly? Yeah. No, he's Senegal. He's Senegal. Producers. Yeah, I thought about that one, but Japan... The producer is motioning to me to say Group E is his group of death. Germany and Spain, I mean, 100%. Don't count out Japan. Costa Rica is just kind of there for the ride. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I think that kind of sums up our group stages. Let's get into the fun stuff. What I'm most excited for. Knockout rounds. All right, so... Based on our groups, we have stuff a little bit different. So what we're going to do is we're actually just going to go and give us our eight teams that are in. I think that's the best way to do it. Like the final eight? Yes. Okay. Because all of us have a different round of 16. Mm -hmm. And so the mashups are going to be a little bit different. Yep. So let's just go top to bottom, scrolling down. Max, why don't you start us off? Yeah. Um, So on the left, I think it's going to be Netherlands against Argentina. Yep. Um, and then I think below them, it's going to be Spain against Brazil. Sure. Pretty chalk there. Um, and then I think as we get to the right side, uh, I think we're going to have England against Denmark. Again, Denmark making it through. And below that, I think it's going to be Belgium against Switzerland. I think Switzerland's going to upset Uruguay. Okay. All, All right. right. I do think some of the seeding gets a little moved around on mine. But um, 
I have the USA moving on to the quarterfinals. That's the just first, because I mean, the what? first round of eight team, the wow. first round of eight prediction. I mean, for but the US. what would I be doing if I wasn't getting them through? But I mean, our our co-host and producer doesn't yeah, even have us getting out of the group. Whatever. I, I'm choosing to ignore that fact. Uh, but I have them playing Argentina, <laughs> um, which then I have Germany playing Brazil, okay, England and France, uh-huh. and then Belgium and Portugal. Okay. Not too far off um, from all of you, I have Netherlands and Argentina. I think we all agreed on that one. Germany and Brazil, I think we all pretty much agreed on that one too. I had England, France, and then I have Belgium, Uruguay is my others. Very chalky. Very, very chippy these games are going to get. So moving on, let's give our top four semifinals. I'm going to start us off. I think it's going to be a Copa America semifinal, Argentina-Brazil. Yep. Mm. And that is going to be one yep. hell of a game. One hell of a game. I am so excited for that one. I already took off work the 13th and the 14th of December. I'm going to be drunk at a bar. There you go. Um, mm, the that. next semifinal I have, I have another rematch, or actually not of the Copa America final, but of the World Cup semifinals last time around, England-Belgium again. This one is going to be a little scary. I don't think it was the World Cup semifinal. They were in the same group, and then they played in the third-place game. That's what it was. So I have a rematch of the third-place game, the throwaway game right. that nobody gives a shit yeah, about. Yeah, why do they play that? But this one's going to matter. This okay. one's going to be for quite a few marbles. Right. What about you? Um, so, unfortunately, I do have the U.S. going down to Messi. It's going to be a late goal. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's going to be a ni- maybe 93rd, 94th minute. I think Messi finally does it and sends us home. But a good ride for the boys. Sure. Um, I have them playing Germany. Um, and then I really wanted to have France going through instead of England, but I think it'd be funnier if England gets all the way through. Maybe I don't know if I'm gonna have them in the final, but the farther they go, just to see them lose, it, it'll be funny. So that's what I'm rooting for. Sure. Um, and I have them playing Belgium. Okay. Yeah, uh, I think I'm gonna have, like Lodge said, Argentina Brazil. I think that's gonna be a hell of a game, Copa America matchup. Um, that's gonna be awesome. I think I might I might need to take a look at my calendar and take off work as well, Lodge, and yeah. we can watch that together and get drunk. Uh, on the other side, um, I'm I'm riding with Denmark. I think Denmark's going to beat England, and I think we're going to have Denmark against Belgium in that side of the bracket. Okay, that's not crazy. That that could be the dark horse. They could be the Croatia this year. Yeah, and in that scenario, I think Christian Eriksen would be the second coming of Luka Modric. Right, <laughs> Rose. <laughs> don't know don't know who that, that is, that. but <laughs> seemed like a good reference. Uh, uh, he. Uh, he was the yeah. Croatian main player when they made it yeah. to the World Cup final last year. Okay. And the Jesus reference because he died and rose again. Gotcha. All right. Um, and in the final, um, Michael, let's hear your final. All right. Um, I do have Argentina winning it over England. It's not coming home this year. Oh, it's not coming home, it's but not it coming is home. coming home to Messi. It's Messi, one last ride. I've always liked Messi, even though I already just said that I was uh, more of a Ronaldo guy. But I feel like because those are the two they kind of like pity. Pit, like you know the world kind of put them against each other yeah but i think messi takes it home for argentina okay yeah um i agree i agree with michael here i think um it's gonna be argentina against belgium but i think argentina is gonna take it home i think wow. it's a really easy one to root for because you would what a story messi getting his his, his world cup um at the, the late stages of his career i think that would be awesome i really 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 thought about having denmark in the final but i I literally had it in my bracket i decided against it Uh, i think belgium's gonna have a good tournament i think courtois is gonna win the golden gloves uh but i think they'll fall short to the goat that's fair i think i think my final i have brazil and this one's tough because 
I want to say England getting revenge for the last World Cup where they lost to Belgium twice, I want to say, getting out of the group and then in the third place. But I'm going to go Belgium again because they're my team and they are the boys. I agree with Max. Courtois is probably going to win the Golden Gloves. But I do have Brazil winning. All of us Copa America teams. Yeah. Um, Conmebol, is that what they are? I think they're Conmebol. Yeah. So South American teams seem to run true in this group. But, Yeah. So any any dark horses? I guess maybe Denmark is your dark horse, Denmark. but well, I know that, I know this is something you guys don't really touch on, like the gambling aspect. Um, oh, I have yeah, I have one eight hundred gambler. Um, but what what are Denmark's odds for for uh, I I actually sort of, I think they might have been like thirty to one, something like okay. that. Yeah, might even have been more. Um, I, good value, I would Great say. Value. Obviously, yeah. I'm high on Denmark. So one, like, once again, we haven't said this in a couple episodes, but we do not endorse gambling on this podcast. <laughs> Um, we will, however, give our picks for everything that we did, in fact, choose. Um, so yeah, but yeah, I think I'm throwing a sneaky little future on Denmark. I, I think they're good value. I mean, it, the payout's big enough for it to be worth a little bit. Um, yeah. But that's, yeah, that's Lodge. You got any other teams you'd, you'd throw a future on, maybe? If you can throw, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking prop bets. I'm like, I'm like deep in the weeds. Oh, yeah, I've love had, prop bets. I've had some friends do some, some weird stuff. Um, but there's... I forget what it's called, but it's kind of like a pool similar to squares where you just place money and buy a team and that team based on like how they do, um, you can win money. So like 10% for the world cup winner, 5% for the runner up. Um, and then lowest ranking in the round of 16, lowest ranking in the round eight based on like world rankings and stuff like that. I have bets for all of those. I think somebody to watch out for, if you can put a, if you can put a prop bet on them to make it to the round of 16 or even the round of eight, Canada. Really? I think they're a dark horse, and I think you're going to get fantastic odds. They're something like 40th in the world. Okay. And it's not out of the realm of possibility based on their schedule for them to go that far. Wow. Wow. Okay. Good mm-hmm. to know. Might have to sprinkle a little in Canada. Yeah. So what is the what are the teams that you'd be rooting for other than the U.S., obviously? Sure. Um, I would say number one, Belgium for me. They've been my team when the U.S. wasn't in it last time. Um, probably for Messi, Argentina, we got to say. And then, I mean, my money's on Brazil, so. Yeah. Got to follow the money. Okay. Yeah. Look, for uh, for me, I ran. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, I mean, obviously, apart from the U.S., I mean, any underdogs that really get in the knockout round, yeah, you know, easy yeah. to rally around. Um, obviously, Argentina. I, I'm going to be rooting for Messi. I mean, Messi's hard not to love, right? Yeah. But, um, I think besides all like know. the tax stuff that <laughs> tax he did. fraud. Yeah, if you're yeah, if you work with the IRS, you might not like him. But yeah, yeah that's all right. Or whatever the, the government taxes. agency is. And you're you're dumb if you you know you like taxes. Yeah. Yeah. USA at plus thirteen hundred or something like that has the third most percentage of money. They got ten percent of the futures. To make is, it out of the groups. No, to win the World Cup, which is absurd. What? Yeah. Which is just basically giving away money. To the just, yeah, that's I, just giving away money. Which may mean, in fact, that I don't know if you necessarily say we're getting more support from the country. Or that we're the most degenerate gamblers. The jury's still out on I think either one that shows. A little column A, a little column B. <laughs> Lodge Canada to bet Canada to reach the quarterfinals. If you bet ten dollars, it's basically ten to win two hundred dollars on Canada in the quarterfinals. I like that a lot. That's not bad. I like that a lot. That's, that's, that is some good that's value not for bad you at folks. all. They make it because I mean we both have them in the round of sixteen. Yeah. One thing goes their way, ball thing goes jumps their way. Their way. Yeah. I could see it happening. But as always, thank you so much for listening. We appreciate all the love and support. Um, check us out on 
really Instagram, I think, and TikTok throughout the World Cup. We're going to be kind of doing some quick recaps as well as covering, you know, the U.S. men fighting for our boys out here. Uh, but thanks again, guys, for producer. yeah. Thanks, the producer. Yep. Except the producer. Yeah. Um, but thanks both of you guys for being on. Really appreciate it. And yeah, I think this is the last one. All right. Let's go. Go U.S. <laughs>